Welcome back to the Pushing Buttons Podcast, the video game podcast where we talk about ideas, opinions, experiences, and concepts within the video game industry. My name is Kevin. My name is Robert. And I'm Kyle. And today we're going to be talking a bit about open world games and the ideas behind them, good, the bad, the poorly implemented. Uh, but before we do that, how was your guys' weeks? Weeks. Well, I had a pretty big week gaming-wise, so I think I'll go first. Go uh, I have to remember everything I've finished <laughs> since the last time we talked, because it's been a lot. Uh, I think the last time we talked, I was still playing Gears of War 2 and The Wolf Among Us. Yes. Okay. So I finished The Wolf Among Us, and I love that. I can't wait for Season 2, which I think I hear comes out next year? It's 2019, yeah. 2019, yeah. Really excited for that, and it's got me... Uh, um, diving into the comic book now. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. So I'm excited about that. Uh, then I finished Gears of War 2. Started and beat Gears of War 3. Damn. Started and beat Gears of War Judgment. Whoa. Oh, my goodness. And then I started <laughs> Gears of War 4. I, I just started that, so. I Damn. Yeah. Uh, Are you, I, like, seeing chainsaw <clears throat> machine guns in your sleep? <clears throat> basically. Instead of counting sheep, I'm counting chainsaws. Well, <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, I've been having a lot of fun just replaying the series, and it's been since whenever Gears Three came out was the last time I played a Gears game. So, mm-hmm. what, 2011, hmm. I think it was. <clears throat> I think so, so. Yeah, I had a lot of fun replaying them. Gears Three is still, I think it's probably my favorite one. I love the. The environments. I know how you, were, Kevin, were talking about how the first one you didn't enjoy, you know, brown environments, stuff yeah. like that. And I think three, they did a really good job with making it more diverse. Like to me, it felt a lot like a Mad Max film almost. Like I don't know if you saw Fury Road, <laughs> but even though it was this post-apocalyptic wasteland, it's full of co- color. Yeah. And while Gears of War three still wasn't super colorful, had a lot of environments like that, and I feel like the kind of tone of the story was like that because it's set. When humanities kind of, you know, had the the last big battle with the locusts, and so they're kind of destroyed now and gotcha. building back up. So I think you would enjoy Gears Three. Yeah, I have still yet to play it. It's it's an enjoyable one. And then Judgment, I've never played. I'm just done with the third person <clears throat> cover shooters. Mm-hmm. I'm just done with those. How was Judgment, by the way? It's really different. Um, is made by a different studio. Oh, really? Yeah, is uh, people can fly. I think I don't know anything. Can about. they? Uh, according to them. Okay. Aren't those the guys that made Bulletstorm? Yes, that sounds familiar. Yeah, I did read that, which I never played that, but that is a fun game. It is a lot more colorful. The missions. It's not like a traditional campaign. Like it's each level. You're scored throughout the level, and it's like broken up. So it's like. 15, 20 minute, like, mini chapters. Then at the end, you get, like, how many stars, how many kills, and all that, and you're graded on it. That sounds a lot like Bulletstorm. Then you go to the next one. That makes sense. It was really different for me. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't my favorite. You haven't played Bulletstorm, though. No. You should. It is a fun game. I never finished that one. So the guy, like, he had, like, dreadlocks or something? Like, on the It's a first person shoot. I don't know. He kind of has, like, a a whiplash thing on his arm where he, you know. Yeah. I think he sends enemies up in the air and you shoot them for points. It sounds really familiar. For it's combos. like all about combo points. Yeah. Yeah. Tying. It, yeah. Sounds like that minus the... The, the crazy yeah. gunplay <laughs> and dick jokes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> they got plenty of those. Yeah. But yeah, it's a shorter campaign. and I mean, I enjoyed it, but I don't know if I'll go back and play it. And I think the nearest comparison I can think of is like when Infinity Ward was doing... Like Call of Duty 2, and then the next game was Treyarch. Mm-hmm. And you could always tell the games were from a different developer. It just yeah. felt a little different, and that's how this one felt. But it's enjoyable. And then I only played like half hour of Gears 4 before I had to call it quits. <laughs> before it hit 2 a.m. <laughs> yeah. And, but I'm really excited to dive into that because it just looks gorgeous. Cool. So. You gave me a good reason to play that series again. It's I had a lot... like. I've never had a desire really to go back and play them until recently because I just thought, you know, I've played them, I'm done. But once I started replaying the first one, I forgot how much fun <laughs> it was. And I haven't played many 
shooters like that since then. So it's thing kind of filled that void I didn't know I had in my life. I was going to ask you too. Uh, you're playing these on the Xbox One X, yes, right? Mm-hmm. And is the graphical fidelity better for playing it on that? Because I know Com- they upscale the games compared to the 360. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because um, I imagine that being really fun to revisit. The first Gears I played the the Ultimate Edition, not just the backwards compatibility copy. That's like a full remaster of yeah. the first game. Like all the cutscenes are redone and. Almost everything is redone. Hmm. And that you could really tell. Um, and Gears 2 and 3, you could definitely tell with higher resolution and all that and pops a little more. But it doesn't have the same, I guess, fidelity that the first remaster did. But Judgment looked all right. That It doesn't seem like they put as much into... Yeah, given this yeah. a B studio that made it. Yeah. As much as I don't care at all about Gears of War or even that like type of game... Mm-hmm. It seems like it'd be a good one for us all three to go through and like kind of in the same way that I want to go through Mass Effect and talk about everything. Yeah. It'd be really fun to do co-op. Oh, I meant just talking about it. Well, like yeah, for the podcast. But yeah, even playing think, co-op could be fun, especially the horde modes. I've always mm-hmm. enjoyed those. Yeah, sometime down the line when we start doing, you know, games together Switch and stuff, and that'd stuff. be a fun thing to do. When we all own Xbox One Xs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever buy an Xbox One, but I think that's the stuff is playable on Windows 10, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Most of them so. are. Oh, yeah. And I have Windows 10 on my new pushing buttons machine. Nice. So There you go. Yeah. Yeah. But So that was my very busy week. Gaming week. <laughs> Sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. Did you eat a, a lot of pizza fun. and Doritos and Mountain Dew? And... Cheez-Its. There you the go. The extra toasty <laughs> Cheez-Its. Uh, corn nuts. And graham crackers. <laughs> Whenever you nice. eat corn nuts, do you just sometimes like, like smell your breath just because of how bad it is? No. It's fun. You should try it. See if you can get high off corn nuts. Off the corn nuts or off my breath that smells like corn nuts? Yes. <laughs> okay. I'll try that next time. What about your week, Kyle? Oh, well, uh... <laughs> I don't know what I, I'm talking about. I've had high. one and a half Red Bulls today. Are you I'm, corn nut high right now? I'm, I'm Red Bull high. I'm high on wings. Stand <laughs> <laughs> on the run. <laughs> I was thinking the 90s TV show, Wings. They just recently added that to Hulu. So I was Judge Reinhold's in there, right? I don't remember that. I think it's someone else. He's not one of the main three characters. Oh, he, he might be. My voice went really high, so he might be. I don't know. Or it's either him or a guy that looks a little bit like him. <laughs> I've never seen it. I just... Go on, Kyle. You're <laughs> dying to talk. Well, Deck my this. week pretty much goes into our main topic for today's show. So I think you should go first. Oh, mine kind of does, too. Oh. Just well, go for it. Okay. Yours. <laughs> well, so. I, I did the exact opposite of Robert, and I played <laughs> a lot of one game. Uh, I finished Assassin's Creed Origins. Cool. The main story. Um, we'll talk about that <clears throat> at some point as well. Yeah. What's the catchphrase? Another, another topic, topic for, for another, another time. time. Thank you, boys. <laughs> Ding. Uh, so I finished that. I played the DLC, the hidden ones. I finished that 100%. And I finished the base game 100% too. So How is there enough time basically... in anyone's life to 100% that game? So far, I put about 85 hours into it. Because I've only nice. done... I've put, I put 62, 63 hours in That's that That's pretty game. good. And I still have half the map to uncover. Well, a lot of the maps... Well, I mean, this is going deeper into the topic, but a lot of the areas that... There's not a whole lot in there. There's like one or two icons to explore. When you say... Hundred percent. Are you talking about every side quest? Yeah. Every this next every collectible. This next Assassin's Creed game is going to be the bane of your existence. Odyssey. And I'll talk <laughs> I've heard. About that. Yes. I'll talk about that later. But go on. But uh, I finished that Hidden Ones DLC first, and then I jumped into the Curse of the Pharaohs, and I'm halfway through that. I've done all of the map icons, and I've done half of the map icons for the afterlife segments of the game gotcha. DLC. Uh, so I got like half the story quest. I think I looked at a walkthrough of like oh, a mission yeah. list. Gotcha. I'm about halfway through it. Cool. That's all I really did this past week. Nice. That's still yeah. a good week. It is. It was really enjoyable. Nice. Loved the journey in that game. I didn't have as much time for gaming as I would have liked to, but the gaming that I did do this week, uh, this last week, I actually yesterday uh, jumped into Breath of the Wild. Whoa. Yeah. It's nice. been a good That's exciting. four or five hours off and on during the day. 
playing that. And I noticed that I can't stay playing one game for too long. That's always something that's I've noticed about me. I downloaded an app on my phone today. It's a I was looking for brain teasers or like uh, brain puzzle games and stuff. So I downloaded Lumosity, and it has a daily. It has like three puzzles that you have to solve daily or whatever. Mm-hmm. And today's it judged my my reflexes, my memory, and my uh, attention span. <laughs> It was so much attention span, like ability to pay attention. It's like multitasking, being able to do different things at the same time. So with my reflexes and speed, I graded within the 90th percentile for my age group, ages 30 to 34. Mm-hmm. For memory, it was about 72-ish, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Are you sure? I just, I just now caught why that's a little funny. Uh, with attention and multitasking, I was in the 17th percentile. Whoa. So th- wow. that explains a lot about my gaming nature and what mm-hmm. I love so far about Breath of the Wild as opposed to Assassin's Creed. Everything I did in Assassin's Creed Origins felt like I was doing the same thing over and over and over again. That's very true. Whereas Breath of the Wild so far, if I get bored, I'll go to a mountain and climb it. I'll go to a pot and start cooking random stuff. And I love the dubious food that you cook. (laughs) And it says that it's too gross to even look at. And the image of it is blurred out. It's it's so good. (laughs) Just little little quirks about that game. And the the Koroks, like getting the Korok seeds. I just find random stuff and do it, and I don't even know it's a puzzle until after I've accidentally solved it. It's just, that game's good. That's what I love about mm-hmm. it. You come across things naturally mm-hmm. as opposed to, oh, there's an icon on my map. I have right. to go explore it and get it done. And that's why I wanted that to be yeah. our segue into the topic, because mm-hmm. there are good and bad ways, in my opinion, and mm-hmm. in opinions of a lot of other people, to do open worlds. And they're both done, and the the Zelda style starting to be more prevalent in games now, but... The Ubisoft version of that's been the the way that open world games have been based on for years now, it's years. Ever since the first one came out a decade ago, almost. yeah, yeah, over, over a decade, over a decade. eleven years yeah. ago, yeah, yeah. Um, open world games are starting to be the norm. I, I'm mm-hmm. hoping it's a trend, but I wanted to bring up to start things off that, excuse me, Red Bull. It gives you burps. (laughs) Uh, Ubisoft said that going forward, they want their games to be open-ended experiences, not just open world, but to the point where there's no beginning, middle, and end. Hmm. You do something, and it leads to something else, and it never ends. You can keep playing that game ad infinitum. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was saying. I think it's going to be the bane of your existence, Kyle, because... It, it, there's literally no end. You can never 100% that game. You can get all the, the trophies and do all that stuff or get your stats up to the game's version of 100%, but you can never be done with anything, and that's not the kind of game I want to play. No. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. not the kind of open world I enjoy. Well, when you yeah. think of that, like I think of No Man's Sky. Yes. As like a game that never ends. Yes. But that didn't appeal to me whatsoever. In an MMO, it can, but in No Man's Sky, it did not because that was a single-player game until very, very, very recently. Mm-hmm. And even then, it's not an MMO by any stretch. But, yeah, as a single-player game, how long can your attention be held? Not just my attention. It's my fan that you're hearing. But not just my attention. See what I'm saying? I have a short attention span. <laughs> but the average gamer, how are they going to be able to keep playing the same game, doing the same things over and over again? Mm-hmm. Is that something that appeals to you guys as an endless single-player game? Because I do love single-player games. Yeah, I mean, I pretty much exclusively play single-player games, but I like, I've talked about this before, I like having a story that has, you know, a definite end. I like games where you continue, like, once the story's over. Yeah. I like being able to continue with my character, or in Red Dead Redemption's case, with a different character, but you're still continuing in the same world. Mm Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but yeah, I I don't know the context for their quote for that. Like, do they mean like they don't mean the story is going to be open ended, or yeah. is it just like uh, not, they're going to have post release content a con- as a continual? St- the context stream. that I was hearing it in was that the story is going to be, there's no set story. There is one guy that you're after, and then after you kill mm. that person, or depending on how you defeat that mission or that task it opens up a different task 
and it's not going to be the same for everybody. It's all varied on how you play the game. Mm-hmm. But it's never ending in that sense. I gotta just think they have to have an ending for it, though. Because... Well, I'm sure there's still... I, well, uh, th- there's not enough information on it, at least that's <laughs> right. a, that I've looked at. Mm. But yeah, that's... From the articles that I've read and from what I've seen, that's the direction, starting mm-hmm. with Assassin's Creed Odyssey, that they want all their games to yeah. go. They want... Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, from what you're describing, it doesn't sound like anything I'd be interested in. I like when there's post-release stuff that keeps coming, whether it be yeah. DLC or even with, even though I don't play Battlefront 2, but how they're doing it with having like specific seasons coming out with specific content and stuff, mm-hmm. I like that idea, but I still want to have my full experience with right. the main game I bought. When I think of a game, like I was describing how I'm thinking Odyssey is going to turn out, I compare it to Roguelites. And that I do enjoy that in little two-hour bursts or one-hour bursts or 30 minutes or what have you. But when it's just the same game over and over again. But the Binding of Isaac is a perfect example of repetition done correctly because no two runs are the same. You're not playing the yeah. same style every time. You're not playing the same character the same way. And even graphically and stuff, it's different every run. But when it's just procedurally generated missions... That the game just throws at you because mm-hmm. it doesn't want you to stop playing. That's when I, I see it as getting a little dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Assassin's Creed Origins has that right now, actually, with the uh, the trial of the gods yeah, weekly challenges. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So yeah, but even or... then, there's an end for that week until the next week rolls around. Yeah, but then at that point, you're pretty much just simulating an MMO or something. Yeah, where uh, you can upgrade your gear. But it's not really going to affect anyone but you. Right. Not anyone in your group of friends or your community. Yeah. It's basically just influences that single world. And if you already beat the main story, then what's the point of playing it further? Mm. See, for me, I like to just complete the game, put it behind me, move forward to a new one, have a new, fresh experience. I agree with that. I can't, yeah. I can't stay in the same game for too long unless it yeah. mixes it up. I have a hard time even going back and trying to do the side stuff that I missed, like in Horizon and God of War, Assassin's Creed, mm-hmm. games like that. I have a hard time going back to after I beat the game just oh, because yeah. I don't want to be stuck in that world still. I want to go yep. on to the next one. Yep. That's why whenever I play a game like that, I have to do all the side stuff. I agree. Before I, do, but... I end the main quest or else I won't go back. I, I totally agree with that. It's been my problem with like uh, Bethesda games. Yes. That's why I never finish them. Yeah. I always like Skyrim. It's been out, what, seven years now? I've never beat the game. (laughs) I haven't even been to the end of the story. (laughs) And I love that game. It's crazy. With Bethesda, this isn't a Bethesda game, but it's one of their properties. Uh, Fallout New Vegas, I never beat. I did everything leading to the Strip, and I did every other thing around the Strip. I did the entire map and left the Strip for the end. But by the point I did all the side stuff, Mm. I was done with the game. I didn't want to play it anymore. Yeah, I remember with Fallout 4, they also had randomly generated quests, Mm -hmm. along with uh, the building mechanic for uh, creating your own uh, forts, I think that was called. Um, Strongholds. Strongholds. But it just doesn't appeal to me at all. Like I play it for the story. I do the side quests because I'm emotionally invested in the character. That I'm developing, as well as the characters of the world, and I, I generally just try to 100% it for that reason, just to, you know, say I've been there, I've done that. Time to find something new, a new frontier, right? To enjoy. So, the type of open world game that I actually prefer, and I talk about this game every episode, is God of War. I mm-hmm. think they did it beautifully. It was perfect how they did it. They made it so you always had the objective of where you're going next, but you could stop and do anything along the way. And it wasn't a big open world. I kind of liken it to uh, Mario 64, Mario Odyssey, where it had smaller open worlds that were accessible at any time that you wanted to go there, but you always had stuff to do. That was your main mission. I mean, uh, this is probably not a good comparison, but I kind of Mario's see... not a good comparison to God of War. Either. Well, I was going to bring up <laughs> Zelda. Because okay. you have content that's locked behind certain story quests, so is God of War. Right. And I feel like what God of War did so well is that it made the world compelling to explore. Yeah, and it changed it along the way, too. That's what I love about the Lake of Nine area, because mm-hmm. the different 
water level yeah. of the lake would change. You always had new stuff to go and explore, like shipwrecks and other uh, And it was fun and to revisit to places you've already been to. Because they were different. You it had was, more loot. It was so compelling. Like, you just wanted to, well, in my case, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, having Mimir talk about, you know, stories I was as... going to bring that up. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, I was going to say that I liked visiting new places or even the same place over again because uh, depending on the water depth or if you were able to get to a new part of that area, he would have another story to tell. Say this, such and such happened here. Yeah. And it was, it got me into the world and made me want to continue playing the game. Just that seamless transition of having the world change so dramatically, Mm -hmm. but also having like the story background for these new areas it just made for a very riveting experience to go back and explore and just take your time with the game and enjoy it for what it is. I really want to play that game. <laughs> God of War, you should. <laughs> you really I want should. To. Yeah, I, I can't wait to get home and play Breath of the Wild, honestly. Hmm. Um, I like the fact that in Breath of the Wild, there are enemies right now that are really hard for me to defeat. With yeah. the low-level equipment that I have and knowing that mm-hmm. I can always go back, I can mark it on my map and go back and fight that enemy. Like the Stone Talus guys. I got the one in the first area, but there's one nice. right outside <laughs> between uh, between the starting area and Kakariko Village. Mm. Right outside that starting area, there's another one. That one's so much harder because the, the nub on it, you know what I'm talking about, yes, it's in do. a different place. Yes. And it's hard. Mm-hmm. It, it, I, it, it's fun. <laughs> I like knowing that I can go back to areas and defeat challenges. It's kind of in the same sense as I imagine with Dark Souls. If there's something that you can't do, you want to go back and do it. I mean, Dark Souls isn't... I wouldn't say it's open world, okay. even though it's kind of described as such. Well, can't you go any path that you want to? I haven't played You basically it. can, but I think of it more as linear-based okay. than open world-based. Okay. You do have those uh, semblances of open world travel where you can fast travel between different bonfires. Kind of like with Mario 64 jumping into the different pictures. or Basically, yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, I still would think that uh, Bloodborne or anything like it, uh, it's not going to have that the same characteristics as an open world game. So I don't classify it as such. Gotcha. Okay. Kind of in the similar uh, vein as a game like Hitman. Where the levels, like Hitman Absolution and the new episodic one, yeah. the levels itself are open. You can do the task mm-hmm. at hand going anywhere you want within the confines of that area. But the game itself isn't open world, isn't interconnected. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying? Is Basically, kind of yeah. with Dark Souls? I mean, there's obviously like certain areas you can't get to till later in the game. Okay. So it's broken up that way. Gotcha. But it's more of a linear experience. That's, that's a lot like... Super Mario 64, you have to have a certain number of stars to be able to open up yeah. the door to get to another point, but you can mm-hmm. always go back and do more. Yeah, I, say the Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider reboot is similar to that, right? Where you, there's different I sections. I don't, there's. I, don't I remember when I was playing one. it, there's at yeah. least like two main sections, but yeah, it's not one big map. It's there's different areas, and when you're in that area, you're in that area, but right. you can travel back, whatever. I definitely prefer the more, the, the kind of the approach that games like, I was saying, Mario or mm. Hitman or God of War, and it's weird comparing those three games, saying they're <laughs> similar, because they're vastly different games, mm. but in the aspect of how they approach the world building, they're somewhat similar, and I definitely prefer that open-ish, linear, guided experience. Well, I, I, I understand where you're coming from. You're kind of talking about how these games have different hubs. Yeah. Where you do like a portion of the main story quest along with side quests. Right. Like I always think of uh, the Deus Ex series. Mm-hmm. How back, you know, when it first, first was released, Deus Ex, yeah. you I had play all these different Wars. hubs. And, you know, with Deus Ex, it is kind of open world because you have all these different buildings you can go into as well as all these different NPCs you can interact with to get quests. Yeah. And you don't really see that is prevalent nowadays. I think that kind of gameplay is slowly fading away in favor of the whole blown out open world and that's, spectrum. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah. 
I didn't mean to sound so somber there, but I am <laughs> actually kind of scared. Of, when I think of a game like God of War, and then I play a game like Zelda, and I compare it to Assassin's Creed, I don't want more games to be like Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. No, definitely not. I like... Don't get me wrong, Assassin's Creed is one of my favorite franchises. Mm-hmm. It's got a couple of great games and quite a few good games. But I don't want every game to be like it. Exactly. It does just enough to be different from the previous uh, entry in the franchise. Usually. Usually. I mean, the Ezio trilogy was not. It I doesn't mean, They innovate. expanded on a couple things. But. but when they decide to revamp the series between, you know, for example, the leap from Syndicate to Origins. Yeah. And before that, uh, from Unity, before that was, Black I think Flag. it was Revelation, right? Oh, I'm thinking of Black Flag. Black Flag versus Revelation. Right. Like those Even jumps. In, those jumps between. Well, those. there's three before. Yeah. Between. So oh, three to Black Flag. Sorry, three to Black Flag. But yeah, yeah three was different than the I, I completely trilogy. forget about uh-huh. that game. I, I kind of <laughs> consider them in blocks. Yeah. And like, there's one, and then there's the two trilogy, and then three, then four, then the ones I didn't play. Yeah. And <laughs> which are Unity and Syndicate, I think. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, as far as the Pioneer goes, I think Ubisoft is definitely doing its best to maintain the status quo. They'll find something, I've said this before, they find something that works and then they stick with it until it doesn't work anymore. And it's a surefire way to make money. I, yeah. I'll, I'll give them that. If they're, they're in a business to make money, so they're, they're doing that well. But I feel like the true innovators are like the new God of War game or Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yeah. It's got me excited for that kind of genre again. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm really excited to uh, see more of Odyssey. I don't want to keep talking about Assassin's Creed. Okay, I, I didn't know if you were talking about Assassin's Creed or Mario, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I mean, Super Mario Odyssey. When Dragon I, Age Origins, Assassin's Creed Origins. I mean, just the leap from Red Dead Redemption to Red Dead Redemption 2 has got me really excited. I can't wait to see where they'll go. See, even Red Dead... And I, I don't care for GTA, but Red Dead did open world, in my opinion, correctly. Because every town was different. You could go mm-hmm. into the bars and play the different the different games. That was fun, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it sucked me into the world a lot more than going bowling or going to an arcade in GTA ever mm-hmm. did. Because I can do that stuff in real life. I can't go to a bar and play horseshoes or liar's dice. <laughs> 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 or go hunting. Right. Yeah. Hogtie someone and put them on the railroad tracks. Yeah. You know. Uh-huh. Typical Friday afternoon. Memories. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like Zelda Breath of the Wild, in Red Dead, it feels more natural to come across things occurring in real time in right. the game. Like, I still remember fondly on the original Red Dead Redemption, uh, the cougar lady. <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember that glitch back yes, in the day. Yes, yes. I actually came across that one naturally, and that was a hell of a time back then. I saw then. it online. I didn't. Yeah. I'm not sure if I recall that. Oh, God, you got to watch the video. It's funny as hell. Cougar lady? Yeah. Hmm. I might be saying it wrong, like mountain lion lady or cougar lady. It was the, I'm intrigued. It was the model of a person, but with the, the programming of one of the animals. Really? Of, some of the wildlife. So the lady no, would be, like, you know, running across the <laughs> ground, like, as a lion? Oh, God. But it had the model. Yeah, it was, it was, it was fantastic. Hilarious. Yeah. That's yeah. great. I'm going to have to look that up later. I do like that about open world games, the crazy bugs that, yeah. like, the, the swing in GTA 4... I think it was four. Yeah. Oh, the devil's swing set. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I remember that one. And then, uh, like, any of the flipping trolls in Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess those are both, like, very, very high-in-the-sky bugs, but those always entertain me. That's what, I think that's another thing that's appealing about open world is you get instances of gameplay where you can tell it's not trying to be realistic. Right. And it's just more fun to play because of it. But... Does it make it a better game, though, to, in your opinion? Like, do you? Well, it makes for better standout moments. But would you go back and play that sooner than you would go back and play a linear, uh, or a more linear style game? Well, to go back to what I was saying before, I think you know, once I've had my fun with an open world game, I'll shelve it. Yeah, okay. I won't go back to it. Gotcha. With a linear game, it's a lot easier to replay. Open world, highly disagree. Gotcha. There's no way to, I could replay an open world game. I, I'm like that as well mm-hmm. and now I think about even what made me like uh, Mass Effect the first one so much and uh, Dragon Age Origins is that they kind of did this, a similar hub world thing and then had the miniature open worlds attached to them mm-hmm. I mean Dragon Age 2 
I don't want to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, we don't have to talk about it that. It did one. something similar, though, mm. but it was implemented horribly. Uh, with Mass Effect, you had the planets that you had to go to, and then uh, along the way, you could stop anywhere that you wanted to that was mm. already uh, available, and then it opened up more. I, I like that. I like not having to go and do the next thing sometimes, but mm, yeah. it, like you were saying, if I'm going to replay a game or keep playing the same game, I like a more directed experience. Yeah, it's just, you know, more bite-sized. You can, you know, pick it up and play, but still feel like right. you're making progress. Uh, that's what I like about roguelites, too. It's a yeah. similar thing. Let's say for me, I think it's, so I feel like I've already explored it. Because open world for me, the enjoyment comes out of traveling to the new places and exploring and stuff. And like I said, going back and replaying that, I feel like I've already, you know, already yeah. been there. I've already conquered this land right. where... When you're playing a linear game, you're still revisiting the same areas and stuff, but it's right. the story that's pulling you through it. Yeah. It's yeah. not the sense of discovery. Or you so... can go back and play Gears of War. Yeah. As opposed to... <laughs> One, two, three. You know. Right. <laughs> yeah, because it's the story that's pulling you through and not the sense of discovery, which once you've had that first sense of mm-hmm. discovery, you can't really have that again. So I loved Horizon Zero Dawn. I loved God of War. I don't mm-hmm. think I'll ever touch them again. Oh, definitely not. No. I'd like I'm, to go back and play Frozen Wilds. I haven't played yeah. the Horizon DLC. But. You guys would enjoy it. It's pretty good. Did you 100% it? I did. Did you 100% Horizon Zero Dawn? I did. I think we Damn. talked about this. I couldn't do those. That game stupid... was actually pretty easy to 100%. didn't I did... take nearly as long as I thought it was going to be. The only things I didn't do were the uh, time trial things. Oh, like the hunting? The hunter lodges. The gathering lodges? Yeah, the hunter yeah. lodges. I didn't do those because I hate being timed in a game. That wasn't too bad. Yeah. I absolutely hate being timed. It's not whether or not I can beat it. It's just I don't want to be timed. I don't want the pressure of having to get something. I want to be able to do something at my own pace. I mean, I kind of get weird. <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> I feel like with some games, you're fighting the nuances of the gameplay to meet those challenges. Like for me, I can't 100% a GTA game. I just can't do it. It's way too much to do. Mm. And you're fighting the game's physics more so than yourself. Yeah. When you're I playing felt that those way types in of things, San Andreas going through the the flying missions. There was oh one, man, that was horrible. There was one flying mission that took oh, me. I I think I broke Bad a couple memories. controllers on that, and I was playing <laughs> it on the PC too. Hmm. I actually have a great story for that. Um, so GTA San Andreas, I did 100 percent that, and because of that, I can't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> those plane trials with the stunt plane, they were horrible. And then there was like. I remember there was a car one where you had to learn the moves in, like, a parking garage. Oh, man, that was brutal. <laughs> so brutal. And then, of course, I end up, you know, losing my 100% save <laughs> on top of that. Yikes. And I'm like, never again. I'm never 100% a GTA game. Yeah. It's too much. I, I just don't get sucked into GTA as, I don't. as much as San Andreas. I, I don't San know why. Andreas. I just can't. Ever since San Andreas, I just can't do it. it for me, it just feels like doing the same thing, just in different places. It, repeating the same mm-hmm. gameplay or gunplay mechanics just in different environments. And I don't get into that for very long. With Assassin's Creed, it's a lot easier 100% because you have all these icons telling you where to go. Yeah, but it's so monotonous. It is. I don't see the point. I mean, yes, you're a completionist, so the, there's that trigger in your brain that says, I'm doing something good when it's when basically you check OCD. Off. <laughs> I, I can see that. Yeah, that's it. That's pretty much it. I have found out that I clearly don't have the attention span to 100 <laughs> a Ubisoft game. No, I have a really hard hitting question though. If Ubisoft is going that direction, hmm. what does that mean for Rayman? I don't know. <laughs> Never played one of his games. Neither have I. I played, I think, half of Legends. Maybe not even half. Rayman's fun. It's a lot more fun than it looks. It's like Sonic, but isn't good. Is that where the rabbits came from? <laughs> yeah, the rabbits came from Rayman. It's okay though. It's still a fun <laughs> game. I, that's why I actually started playing Zelda. I was really? I turned on my Switch to to delete my save on Mario and Rabbit's Kingdom Battle mm. and start over. <laughs> but I didn't want to put. I didn't want to switch the. The, the disc, the game disc. So Zelda was already in there. So I'm like, I'm just going to play this. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> it took me a little bit to get into the 
the combat. So that, that that's a strange combat system in that game, and not just the the, the game's got a huge learning curve. It really does. Being yeah. able to switch from it, they, they make the controls easy enough to be able be able to switch from like your powers to your uh, bombs, and then to, to your bows and sword, and being able to throw weapons. It's they make it pretty seamless and pretty easy, but. I'm in my 30s, and I get my buttons confused a lot. <laughs> Getting up there. I don't like games with nuances and controls. I mean, it, it, they did, for as much as they did, they did it cleverly, mm-hmm. and I appreciate that, but I think that's the extent of what I'm willing to put up with. I tried playing Darkest Dungeon on the PlayStation 4. Mm-hmm. I cannot play that game without a mouse. There's so many different menus and sub-menus, and... Oh, it, I tried it twice. I tried playing it twice on the PS4. I cannot play that game with a controller. Mm. And it's, that's just a turn-based RPG. You'd think that there'd be an easy way to do it, but with all the... Yeah, another topic, another time. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> well, what open-world games have stuck out to you, aside from God of War? Like, do you go back to Saints Row or... No. Games... I feel the same way about same Saints vein? Row as I do, uh, like, GTA or any of those that it's just shooting in a different place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Saints Row was kind of kooky in the same way that Just Cause is. You can do random stuff and have fun doing it throughout the world, but once you beat it, there's no point in going back to it, in my opinion. I mean, this kind of ties into that as well. I love Metal Gear Solid V, The Phantom Pain, for its gameplay. Mm Mm-hmm. But it does not work in an open world setting. <laughs> like, I love the game itself, but man, it is so hard to go back to that after finishing that. How do you think De- Death Stranding is going to be? Do you think they're going to oh, approach man. that as an open world game? I really hope not, but I kind of see where it's going. And I'm, I think if they can pull it off like Breath of the Wild, where it's natural, I think and so. you're not being told where to go. I mean, obviously it doesn't indicate that in the trailer. Right. But I feel like if they can nail down the presentation well enough of, you know, how you interact with the world. I think it can be really successful. Mm. But with so little information, there's no way to know right now. To answer your previous question, though, uh, I honestly don't think there is any open world game that I've beaten that I can go back to. And that even goes the same for most of those hub-based open-world games. Like oh, really? Mass Effect, uh, Super Mario, those those kind of games. Once I'm done with it, it it's just the same mechanics all throughout the, the thing. It's it's not story-based for me. It's environment-based, like what Robert was saying, to mm-hmm. your point. And I would much rather go back through a linear game and relive the story or even play the story differently or whatever, then play an open world game and see go through the same experiences over again. Hmm. So there's really no, no open world games that I'd go through again. That's kind of the opposite with me for Mass Effect, because I do view those as, even though they are open world, I view them as much more story-based. Yeah. And so I've, I've gone back and played the first one probably three or four times. Same here. I've already and, done that, though, so I consider that done. Yeah. And yeah. I hated two and three, so I'm never touching those again. I've actually beat the second one twice, but yeah, I was on my second or third. I've done twice on one, twice on two, and then the one time recently on three. Mm. Yeah, so those ones, I don't have a hard time going back and replaying, but like something like a Far Cry game, that's where it's a lot harder for me to go back because that is a lot more exploration-based than Mass Effect. So I've got a question for you guys. What's up? So, what is the most memorable open-world game story that you remember every single plot detail of? Like, does it really stick out to you, the story? Like, you retain it and look back on it fondly? Hmm. Because I have a couple, but I want to let you guys go first. I'd have to really think about that. Fallout 3 DLC. Really? The DLC, not the main game. Mm. The DLCs were mostly good. But yeah, that's that's not answering your question. <laughs> I, I don't really? know. Yeah, I'm having because you said no Mass Effect, so yeah, like games that are outside of that. Yeah, like fully. open world based. 
I can tell you the games I've had the most fun in, but story-wise, it's hard to, hard to Just say. something you would elevate above a linear-based story-driven mm-hmm. game. Like, is there one at all? Man, that says a lot. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a single one that I've played. Wow. I think that's a good point, though. Yeah. You can't have a dramatic story that is effective in an open-world setting. Yeah. I really think it's hard to make it work. I think it's hitting on uh, a lot of the points that we talked about on that the single-player episode. Yeah. But no, you're absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. There's when you're When you are making your own story based on the elements in the game that you are given, it's not as effective as... It's not as effective of a way to tell a story as having that whole narrative written for you and you experiencing that as it goes, as it progresses. I mean, I don't want to say God of War because that's a given. Yeah. Like, you remember that story. Oh, yeah. Like, I still remember it crystal clear, like, all the different... But I don't consider that an open, open world. Right. Um, I want to say Witcher 3 is probably the closest I can get. I I was going to say, if I had beaten Witcher 3... I'm sure that would be on there. Witcher 3 blended it really well. More so than any other game, open world game. Because you have Zelda, but that story was so forgettable. Yeah. I don't want to ruin it for you, but it, don't play it for the story. <laughs> oh, the, I don't play open I don't play open world right, games for right. the story. But I think having Geralt as a main character, and of course this being the third entry in an, you know, an established franchise, yeah. it helped... Uh, make that story more relatable in an open world setting because hmm. you're with him every second as he's going along each of those main plot elements uh, those plot points like I still remember starting off and fighting those three witches mm-hmm. and that whole storyline like that was mm-hmm. such an incredible way to kick off the game and then of course you get taken into Novigrad and you do everything there and then going to Skellige like all those uh, plot points in that uh, setting, it just became more poignant. Like more, it, they stand out more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because as you're traversing these different lands, huge things happen in them. And with other games like Assassin's Creed, that doesn't happen. Yeah. It really doesn't. Games that are open, like really truly open worlds, have to be built around the mechanics because if the game's not fun to play, nobody's going to explore the areas. No, no. Whereas when you're talking about a linear game, the story is what drives the game and what makes the player continue. That's it sounds like for all three of us, that's the kind of experience that we all prefer. Mm-hmm. This is why I'm very much looking forward to Cyberpunk. Yeah, I think that game is going to really steal the like. Starfield. This generation. Starfield, I'm wanting to know more about. Knowing Bethesda's yeah. track record, it's going to be an open-world single-player game. Yeah. I, I think they've said as much, too. That, that, that it's open-world? Yeah. Okay. Oh, they did. They did during E3. Uh-huh. I'm curious what way they're going with that open-world, though. How open, if it's going to be like their standard of open-world. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think Cyberpunk, could, like, like you said, Cyberpunk is going to be the best hope for... <laughs> I mean, it says a lot that in Metal Gear Solid Five that came out shortly after Witcher 3. And the gameplay in Metal Gear, that's like some of the best gameplay I've ever had in a game. Like, I love how that game feels yeah. when you play it. But the story is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> At a certain point, it just gets ridiculous. Like, how many unfinished plot lines there are. Because it was technically an unfinished game. Oh, okay. And uh, Witcher 3 was a complete game. Like, there was a clear beginning, middle, end. And I think that's uh, why, at least for the time being, it's the best open world game by far. I would put Zelda there, but the story just does not have that same uh, captivation. I don't think there's been a Zelda game that I've actually remembered or enjoyed the story of. Well, I mean... Majora's Mask was story-driven. It was. More than any of the other ones, in my opinion. But that's my least favorite of the Zelda games that I've played. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, uh, Ocarina of Time is always going to be something I'll, I'll forever remember. You know why, though, I hated Majora's Mask? Why? Because you had a time limit. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I hated that. I'd be like, 
Oh my god, I just got somewhere, and now I've got to reset time back three days so that I can start it all over again. I won't lie. When I first played that, I had to use a guide. <laughs> There's no way I could have played that ten years old. Yeah, I I did that with uh, Ocarina of Time. Yeah. With, not the whole game, but when especially the Water Temple. You remember that dreaded Water Temple? Oh god, yeah, I do. <laughs> Uh, Breath of the Wild. I could go on about that game for a little while, but I'm not going to. But I, I love it when a game, and I think Just Cause does this as well perfectly. Is it gives you all the everything right up front, and it just says go play. Mm. I can kind of agree with that. I love Just Cause too, but by the end of it, I didn't feel like my character progressed really. No, no, no. It doesn't make for a compelling story, but it yeah. makes for a fun. It's a fun two, game. three hours until you're tired of the game. Oh, yeah, I, I totally agree. It's a fun game, but... That's how Ghost Recon Wildlands was for me. Yeah, that's, I got what I wanted to out of that game just by playing the beta before it came out. Yeah, it's basically that stretched over however long it takes you to, you know, defeat yeah. each boss and all that. And The crew was the same with me. Hmm. I played the beta before it came out, and mm-hmm. that was all I needed to play of it. Yeah. But, see, for, for me, Ghost Recon Wildlands was... I enjoyed it because it was, even though the story is pretty much non-existent, it's just you taking down the bosses and a cutscene at the beginning of the end, basically. But it was one of those games where the exploration and going to each new area was so fun that I I enjoyed the hell out of the game, that game because of that. Because you had the whole country, Bolivia, and each part of the map was like different. You had jungles, you had swamps, you had salt flats, mountains, and all that. and So that's a good example of a game where the story just didn't matter to me. Yeah, It was just pure exploration. But now, you know, obviously, like we said earlier, going back to it, I feel like I've done it all, so there's no sense. Yep. I am kind of nervous now. This I'm not talking about Rayman, but about <laughs> what they're going to do with Splinter Cell. Splinter Cell? Yeah. I'm kind of nervous if they're going to do something similar with Splinter Cell. And make it an open world, like kind of rip off Metal Gear. Five. Kind of well, rip off their own uh, a Ghost Recon Wildlands. Uh, That's what I'm afraid of because mm-hmm. back when there were the three core Tom Clancy franchises, you had Rainbow Six, Splinter Cell, and Ghost Recon. Mm-hmm. There were other games that were Tom Clancy, but those were the three core franchises that Ubisoft did for Tom Clancy with well, with the Tom Clancy name, and they were all different enough. Mm-hmm. You had the the stealthy spy games in Splinter Cell. You had the the SWAT esque tactical squad based Rainbow Six, mm. six Rainbow Six, <laughs> and then you had the military uh, commanding of a squad in Ghost Recon. And now that all their games are going open world. And it's done them pretty well in Ghost Recon, even though when it first came out, it was apparently it had horrible scores, horrible reviews. But it's since been one of the best-selling games mm-hmm. of 2017, or was one of the best-selling games of 2017. Do, do you guys think that there's any hope for Splinter Cell not being open world? Oh man, know. that is such a huge departure from the what the series is known for. And Ghost Recon wasn't open. I. This is kind of why I'm worried about open worlds becoming a trend because it'll take established franchises such as Splinter Cell mm-hmm. and transform them into something completely unlike mm-hmm. the previous games in the franchise. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm really worried about... Rayman. <laughs> <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth, Kevin. Sorry, go on. <laughs> uh, like, you see this with racing games now. They're becoming open world. Uh-huh. Like... Uh, Forza now and the crew too and I don't care for those but the thing that Forza did though is they kept they have their the main Forza series that's just the same racer it's always been but it's a separate branding Forza Horizon that's open world Hmm. so they have they're two different things and they can have their cake and race it too exactly good way to put it so I mean I haven't played Splinter Cell so I can't Say what they're gonna do, but even Blacklist kind of had more of an open feeling to it. Just to cut you off, I would say yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of had the hub thing with Blacklist. Didn't yeah. You? Oh, Someone? yeah, because you had you had the the plane 
the helicopter or whatever. Yeah, that your base of operations. And you still had to do each mission linearly. Yeah. Linearly. (laughs) Your approach was kind of linearly. But yeah, the the missions themselves were open. You could figure out how to go straight to it and kill everything along the way, or you could kind of sneak off to the sides, or... Mm -hmm. There are a lot of different approaches, and it kind of felt more like they were setting up a Rainbow Six game when they did it, because that's what Rainbow Six was, was different approaches to be able to complete your mission. Yeah. With... uh, Splinter Cell, I think it worked doing it with Blacklist, going the more Rainbow Six approach. Mm-hmm. But I think they're going to end up going open world with it. Mm-hmm. I really do. I don't want it at all by any means. Rainbow I don't think Six anybody haven't, right? No, well, they haven't released Rainbow Six since Siege. But they've been that's been going strong. They still release stuff all the time for it, right? Yeah, so. that's one of those games that's they're just trying to do until nobody plays it anymore, and then they'll talk about mm-hmm. doing another iteration. I'm sure. Well, I mean, considering how long well, that's multiplayer only, how long open world as a genre has been going on now, I mean, to think of how far we've come since you know games like the original Assassin's Creed or Saints Row or GTA. Or GTA three, yeah. I mean, they've Moral come world. so far <laughs> in fully fleshed out worlds with really intricate details. Morrowind was ahead of its time in that. It really in was. That respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it was uh, such a huge leap. Like, when you think about other trends in gaming, I mean, we don't see, uh, like, musical instrument games anymore. Like right. Guitar Hero. Yeah. Like, that fad, I mean, that died out. And with the open world games, they've come so far. Like, you could almost apply it to anything now. Even music games, I imagine. <laughs> well, I mean, if you think about the last Guitar Hero games, the different venues were all around the world. It was. And you had you got to choose which part of the world you were playing yeah. I think that was World Tour. I think so. <laughs> that was open world, <laughs> if you want to really think about it. I mean, it yeah. scares me, but it's also kind of exciting, because I feel like this is the last way to innovate now, and is to take an old franchise and make it something completely new in the modern day that's going to be ap- yeah, applicable to each well, audience, each gaming audience. Beyond be Good and Evil 2 is a good That's example That's what I was going to try and get to, yeah. We're just going to talk about Ubisoft all day, every day. <laughs> it, it's, bas- <laughs> it's basically what they built everything on them for the past decade. Yeah, yeah. Like, after Assassin's Creed blew up, that's like, their every game mm-hmm. is like that now. Yeah. They, I, they find the one thing that works and they stick to it. But the thing is, I say it all the time, like, God, there's too many open world games to play, mm-hmm. but I still play them. Mm-hmm. I still enjoy them. It's because the mechanics in most of them, like I said, they have to be fun. They're really fun to play, but mm-hmm. I can't play them for too long. I mean... God of War was a huge exception for me Oh, there. God, yeah. Just because the the story was excellent. The characters were incredible. This is what excites me about open world gaming in the future. There's so much room to grow, because we, you know, we all struggled to come up with a lasting impression of a story driven open mm-hmm. world game. I feel like that's how the genre can get even better is to blend that cinematic storytelling with mm-hmm. the open world design. If there's a way for them for any game developer to do that and to do it well, like kind of the same way that they did with God, with mm-hmm. yeah, I almost said Gears of War with God of War. <laughs> yeah. Then yeah, by all means make more open world games. But is if you're just going to keep Making your world bigger and bigger to throw more people in it for Battle Royale. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good segue. We're seeing it in multiplayer now, too. Yeah. We're seeing open world. Uh-huh. It's scary. Call of Duty <laughs> is going that way. Battlefield? I think Gears is doing it, too. I think they're all... At least they're going to all have a, a side mode mm-hmm. that's going to be a, a Battle Royale. Soon we're going to get, like, an isometric tabletop open world game, Battle Royale. Guitar like Hero Royale. Style. <laughs> Guitar I'm, Hero I'm, Royale. I'm done coming up with with Battle Royale ideas. This is where we're going in the future. <laughs> this is scary, but also exciting. Uh, and Pokemon was literally open world with Pokemon Go. <laughs> quite literally. It was quite literally open yeah. world. Just bring it to the consoles. Like, Why have they not done that yet? Pokemon Go? Just Pokemon in general. Oh. Like, they have made a main Pokemon game. Right. Open world, you know, yeah, that you can freely move your character in. No, that would be that'd be God. a fun one. But as long as they didn't try to do a really good story, as long as they focused on the mechanics of you know picking a, a an action for your Pokemon to do. I mean, this is why I stopped playing the Pokemon games is because they're all the same. 
Yeah. I stopped. I mean, the last they one I are. played was Pokemon Gold way back when. And I just grew out of it. But if they were to make it open world like that, I'd, I'd probably play it. Because <laughs> it's that innovation that excites me as a gamer. Yeah. Like, I would love to see a Pokemon game like that. So the takeaway from this is innovation is good. Stop copy-pasting. Well put. And it wasn't really well put, but I said it anyway. <laughs> That's the essence. Just random question, real quick. What is the worst open world game you've ever played? Oh, flipping. Good I can start if you want. Go for it, please. Yeah. Watch Dogs. I never played it. Mm, I played it for like an hour. It takes and a lot. And I didn't pick it back up, so. Watch Dogs was terrible because it promised so much. And it ended up being a copy-paste of GTA mm-hmm. with, you know, a stupid mini-game of hacking. Crackdown 2. Did it. I haven't Why? played it, so Why? I can't say. Because they just started throwing hordes of enemies for no reason in the game. The, mm. the, the one thing Crackdown did was had really fun mechanics, and they dumbed it down in Crackdown 2. And it wasn't about the mechanics. They tried making it so much more about the enemies and the, the gunplay, and it wasn't about the gunplay. It was about... Flying, jumping, driving, shooting. That's exactly what Watch Dogs was. It was about, oh, you can use your hacking abilities to influence the world, right. and it ended up not being significant at all. Yeah. It was just driving and shooting. Right. It's like, God damn it. <laughs> I heard Watch Dogs 2 was a lot better. I did too. I did as well, but I don't care about Watch Dogs 2 <laughs> because Watch Dogs 1 sucked. Right. I, You got one. I you can't think really of think of anything. I mean, did you play Oblivion? That sucked. I, I mean, there was that me. Superman game from your... Yeah, but I don't want to bring that <laughs> Guilty up again. Guilty pleasures. <laughs> I mean, that was a pretty terrible open world game. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's... I hate to do this to you, but Metal Gear Solid Five. just trying to play it I can you see know, a month or two ago. I, yeah, I, know. I tried it too. I yeah, I couldn't. It. It, it's mostly like a nostalgia-based series. Yeah. And even as a huge fan of the series, it was a bit of a disappointment. Hmm. Like I said, the only thing I took from that game was the gameplay. Gameplay was incredible, but the story and everything else pertaining to why you should care about this world, no. Hmm. It wasn't there. Yeah. Well, I that's a great way to end this, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else that you guys have going on in your personal lives? Anything you want to talk about before we head out for the day, for the week? I've been on, like, the last three episodes of Arrested Development for, like, three weeks. <laughs> I'm going to be glad that you're finally... <laughs> One more episode to go, so it'll probably take me another couple weeks. That's nice. No, I'll try I fin- to finish that this week. I finished four seasons of Forged in Fire, that nice. competitive uh, knife and sword making show on History Channel. Oh. It is so good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm hooked on it the same way that... Uh, my fiance gets hooked on competitive baking shows. <laughs> I got her. her uh, blah, blah, blah. I got. <laughs> I got her hooked on uh, Forge and Fire as well, though. Her. Nice. <laughs> Very nice. Awesome. Where you go? Nothing really. Uh, I guess I have games. a story. Uh, so basically, in Hearthstone last month, uh, after hitting Legend, I just kind of played casually and I got to rank three. So every month you. You know, get certain rewards for getting a certain rank. Uh, so apparently Blizzard decided to just say F you. <laughs> and uh, they reset me back down to rank 25. <laughs> and I didn't get my June rewards for hitting rank 3. Really? And it's a bug that's going on right now. Oh, that sucks. And it's, they had a Twitter... Uh, what's the word? Tweet? They tweeted. <laughs> they <had Twitter laughs> this tweet. is how out of touch I am <laughs> with Twitter social media. Tweet. But they... Tweeted a response to the, basically they're working on it, but this was a week ago, and I'm just kind of like, okay, I guess I'll play again, and I'm like rank 15 again. But that sucked. Gave me something to do. Gave me something to do, I guess, in between eight-hour-long Assassin's Creed sessions. (laughs) Do you have anything you're planning to play next? I do. I've got it narrowed down. I'm either going to play Hollow Knight, you know, because this is... You know, the quiet lull before Battle for Azeroth comes out okay. next month. I did not know that, but go on. Yes. Uh, so I thought maybe Hollow Knight would be fun. I'm not going to play an open world game again <laughs> until Red Dead Redemption 2 comes out. So 
I mean, I you can kind of classify an MMO as an open world, but I don't. Sort of, yeah. I don't. So Hollow Knight is one. Like a Metroidvania, I think would be really fun to play. Or possibly Bayonetta 2. I feel like I need a linear-driven action game to kind of break up the monotony of collecting stuff in open-world games. Yeah, nice. <laughs> so I'm excited to play a different genre for once this year. Nice. <laughs> That's it. Well, I'm going to be putting our backlog of episodes on CastBox. We're officially on CastBox now. I'm switching over from our previous uh, audio hosting service. There we go. So that we can have all of our episodes up at the same time and we can get around the web the way that we do and be on other podcast services. So if you're listening to us on CastBox, please leave us a comment. Let us know what you think of the podcast. Subscribe. Or if you're listening to us anywhere else, just Mm -hmm. just, just talk to us. We're friendly people sometimes. YouTube, you can leave a comment. Yeah. It might be a, a little bit little hard system. to get in touch with me. <laughs> we are on Twitter, though, at PushingButtonsP. Mm-hmm. And if, when all else fails, just go to PushingButtonsPodcast.com. All of our links are there. Thank you very much for listening. We've enjoyed talking about this. And yeah. we'll see it was you a, It was a fun one. Yeah. We'll, we'll see you next time. <laughs> Till next time. Goodbye. Love you.